Hey, everybody. Welcome to another Skift podcast. I'm Dennis Schall, founding editor of Skift, and I'm here with Seth Borko, senior research analyst at Skift Research, and my favorite person to shoot the shit with about all things online travel. How you doing, Seth? Good, Dennis. I'm really, really glad to be here. And we're talking about uh, Airbnb and booking today, right, Dennis? That's it. That's it. And some of the questions that came up last week. Yeah, yeah. So we we were we were offline, I guess, shooting the shit as you put it about the margins on Airbnb and booking and and kind of what happened in their full year 2021. We now have the full year 2021 data. And you wrote a really interesting article, Dennis. And you wrote this great article, and you called uh, bookings margins on par with Airbnb's margins, and that raised a lot of ire, didn't it? Because yeah, I mean, you, you tell me what, what happened. You got two different messages, right? I got two different messages, one from a stock analyst, and they were saying different things, almost opposite things. So one was from a stock analyst. He messaged me privately and he said, Airbnb's margins are higher than bookings and that ain't going to change soon. And then I got another message uh, from someone else pointing out that they thought bookings margins were considerably higher than Airbnb's. So Seth, what is the truth? Yeah, it's so it's so interesting, right? Because two very smart people that we spoke with who both said, uh, no, you've got it wrong. Uh, Airbnb's margins are higher. Bookings margins are higher. The issue was the stock-based compensation. And this is, a real, I think, a really interesting topic, and we'll talk about it. So I think the first thing that's interesting is that both of them saw very high, uh, very high level, levels of profitability. Airbnb showed, you know, double-digit margins for the first time in a very, basically in its history, maybe in 2018, but since the pandemic, as a booking. And they're both, frankly, you know, heads and shoulders above all their other peers in the online travel space um, in terms of margin. But the, the, the main difference was this stock-based compensation and how they each, basically how they pay their employees. So it, it's almost a culture clash that's coming out in the margins because Airbnb uses a lot more stock to pay their employees. And Booking uses a lot more cash to pay their employees. So how should we feel about that? So the stock-based compensation uh, dragged down Airbnb's profit margins. Actually, net income, they were negative, right? Yeah. How should we feel about the fact that Airbnb pays much more, so much more in stock-based compensation than Booking? Yeah, it's so it's, I guess it's interesting, right? Because... Um, you know, they both use this, this number called adjusted EBITDA. And it's this weird thing because the companies get to adjust it. No one tells them how they want to adjust it. So they just adjust it themselves. And they say, well, we both, you know, we lost some money. Well, actually, uh, uh, Booking made money. They had some net income. Airbnb lost a lot of money on net income. And then they said, well, there's a couple of expenses that we don't want to include. And we're going to recalculate our profits excluding certain um, expenses. And this kind of makes sense sometimes, you know, there are certain expenses that you pay that are non-cash expenses, uh, things like depreciation, which is strictly an accountant charge, or, or sometimes, you know, things like interest, which is a cash charge, but has to do with how you structure your business and the level of debt. And you're really trying to compare the operations of two businesses, but the adjustment is made at management's discretion. And so uh, Airbnb said, we have an adjusted EBITDA margin of just under 26.5%. And Booking said, 
we have an adjusted EBITDA margin of 26%. So it was like a dead heat tie. They both made these, you know, mid 20% margins. Except the thing is that Airbnb chose to exclude the impact of its stock-based compensation. And Airbnb pays a huge amount of employees compensation in stock. And their stock's very valuable these days, right? It's been it's been a huge run-up. And about 15% of Airbnb's revenue, uh, stock-based compensation runs like 15% of revenue at Airbnb. So it's a massive, massive number. And when they exclude the stock-based compensation, but Booking doesn't, you're kind of comparing apples to oranges. And it actually makes Airbnb look look much more profitable than they are. And so if you if you kind of compare them on an apples to apples basis and you 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 don't include, you know, you, you include the stock-based compensation expense, then Airbnb's margins drop from like 26% to like 12%. But bookings don't change at all. Bookings still at a 26% margin. So they go from being in this dead heat tie to all of a sudden booking has nearly double the margin of, of Airbnb, all because of this little accounting expense and all because of how Airbnb chooses to compensate its employees and how it's able to compensate its employees. So it's one of those really interesting things when you kind of look under the hood at the margins. I, I know we're, this is probably lost some viewers here. This is for the accounting geeks, but the, 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 the takeaway <laughs> in my opinion is that Airbnb still is acting very much like a startup and it still is able to recruit and has the right. halo effect of a startup. And so they're able to attract employees and say, a huge, you're going to make so much stock and we're going to make you rich. And booking probably is not able to to pay using that kind of stock. And so it's a, it's a, it's a culture clash and it's a, a halo effect. And it, it's that Airbnb still in the job marketplace feels like a startup. And we'll see how long they're able to maintain that. I mean, they're both, they're both especially uh, in this current labor environment, they both need to recruit top-notch employees, you know, but um, so is this like a long-term hangover or headwind for Airbnb? How, how should we, how should we consider that? You know, it's, it's neither good nor bad. It just means that um, if you include that, the, Basically, they are able to play, pay their employees without paying them cash from their bank account. Because the Airbnb stock has done so well, and because Airbnb has such a reputation as a startup, they can pay employees without taking cash out of the bank, which is obviously a huge competitive advantage. And so on, on the one hand, you got to say that's good for Airbnb. It's a really powerful way to recruit and a really cost-efficient way to recruit staff. But on the other hand, you got to keep in mind that Airbnb's margins are, are perhaps not as high as their their press release would have you believe because in fact they're paying a huge amount of stock to their employees and their margins are in in, in actuality adjusted for this expense yeah uh, you know 10 points lower than bookings where as the headline numbers would have you believe that they're tied so it's a really interesting dichotomy there there's a lot of interesting differences in the market between the two of them the other huge expense for both of these companies is, is marketing and we love to talk about that don't we dennis so Maybe, maybe we'll, we'll talk too about we the margin component because that's where the other advantage that Airbnb has, where they what they spend on on stock, they, they make up for in savings on marketing. Right, Dennis? Right. Yes. However, um, Airbnb clearly emerged in 2021 uh, much faster uh, than booking holdings uh, from, the, from COVID. 
you know, so Airbnb's gross bookings are, are above uh, COVID levels. I think uh, 25%, something like that, or 23%. Bookings are still, you know, way, way below. Um, and yet, and booking is using Google and performance marketing. And Airbnb has staked its claim to cut back on that and, you know, and rely a lot on its brand. So that's, that's interesting, you know, so yeah, it's Airbnb, fascinating. go ahead. No, it's yep. fascinating. Cause this is always a market that we, we thought for years that this was a market where you could only win with performance advertising, right? Google was the gatekeeper, so to speak. And Airbnb it blew that apart, so to speak, right? With their, with a very unique experience, very unique product, huge brand loyalty. And very and a very very strong brand. I guess it all does kind of come back to the brand. The reason why they're able to pay their employees stock is because they've got this great halo effect, and they and they don't have to pay uh, Google either because they have this incredible halo effect where Airbnb has kind of become this this verb. I guess the question is is can they maintain it? What do you what do you think, Dennis? Can is Airbnb going to have to spend up on performance marketing in twenty twenty two and twenty twenty three, or or you think they can do it? I think eventually they will, you know? Yeah. And so basically what, what we're talking about is booking has been more profitable, but Airbnb is growing faster and booking is not backing away from performance marketing, you know? So yeah, they're not, yeah, I, I, I but, mean, you know, Airbnb, yeah, Airbnb is right. I mean, they, this year, uh, Book and Holdings spent about 35% of its revenue, a huge expense, you know, nearly $3.8 billion on marketing, some performance marketing, some brand marketing. This year, the same year, Airbnb spent just 12% of their revenue, 2021, on brand and performance marketing. And so Airbnb is, is you know, nearly a third relative to their size and the revenue that they earn, they're at nearly a third of the, the performance marketing levels that Airbnb, that booking does. And yet Airbnb has grown faster. So it's, it's a pretty powerful story where they have a fraction of the, of the marketing spend. They do have lower margins. Uh, they're not as profitable, but their growth story is much stronger and the recovery momentum is much, much stronger at, at Airbnb. I mean, Airbnb's revenue is now up 25% versus 2019. Bookings is still down, I think about 27% versus 2019. And so, you know, Airbnb is, is in most metrics fully recovered, whereas booking is, is, is lagging behind somewhat. So it's a really interesting, um, it's a really interesting dichotomy. I don't know if Airbnb will be able to maintain that momentum forever though. I do think that this is a, a pretty golden moment for a special moment for Airbnb between the, the halo of the IPO between uh, the, the pandemic sending people into vacation rentals and, and just between the goodwill, the decade of goodwill that the company has built up with its consumer base. I think it's a real special moment for Airbnb. I don't know how long that can last, though. Which begs the question, uh, Seth, which company has more upside? So this is bad for podcasts, but I think we're... we're where we have some ag agreement about that. Now, I mean, Booking Holdings has a growth strategy. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, they're going to, um, you know, dig deeper into um, short-term rentals. They see that as a growth area. 
they just launched flights for, for the first time booking uh, booking.com launched flights and as we know every you know most people start their trip planning with a flight they've got their connected trip strategy they're doing payments but on the other hand there are so many areas that airbnb hasn't even tapped yet flights hotels you know so i have to think that looking at it for for the long term that it's airbnb is the one with the the more upside what, what do you think well, actually, I'll play a little bit of devil's advocate here. I'm, uh, I'll go a bit contrarian that I think booking probably has some very good upside in the long run because, well, one, they've got, they've still got that recovery boost to come because I think that they're not fully recovered like Airbnb is. And I was kind of alluding to this earlier. I, I worry about how Airbnb manages to scale beyond its core products, right? Because I think that mm -hmm. so much of the reason why Airbnb is able to spend so little on marketing is because it is so unique, right? They're, they're one of a kind, but they're becoming less one mm -hmm. of a kind by the day because as we know, Booking and Verbo and many others are coming for their lunch in the short-term rental space. Uh, their suppliers are becoming more professionalized, the Vacasas and Saunders of the world. And are going to expect more and start to drive direct traffic and i think that in their push to add hosts airbnb necessarily is going to have to dilute some of the not everyone can be an incredible super host right it's just not possible uh and so as they add more hosts to their platform i think that the the truly unique folks become harder to find uh which means you know uh, which, which I think poses a, a, a fundamental, real long-term challenge to the platform. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that's been going on for a few years now that the mom and pop host, although they are still 90% of the hosts, according to Airbnb, they're definitely not 90% of the bookings. They're you know, definitely the, not 90% like of the bookings because, you know, those hosts, those mom and pop hosts, they might have their list on for a couple of weeks, right? Like maybe they do, when the Super Bowl is in town on New Year's Eve and a few weeks in the summer, they list their homes. Whereas the professional hosts are listing 365 days a year. And so from a room night's perspective, they have leverage. And then the professional hosts can charge more because they probably have a more, you know, they have clean in and a more and a more luxurious place to stay. So like Saunders ADRs, you know, the price they charge is probably higher than the mom and pops. And so you combine more availability, more higher ADRs, you wind up with a significant, a more, a greater chunk of revenue going to Airbnb from professional hosts than the, just the straight listings would imply. I, I think about it a lot in a sense of, um, do you remember like Dennis, remember the old Mac versus PC commercials? Remember the, I'm a Mac, I'm a PC guy. Do you remember that? Right. Yep. I, I think a lot about, about. You know, I'm an Airbnb versus I'm a booking holdings. I'm a booker. You know what I mean? Like, I think that that booking holdings is kind of the PC of of the world of the travel world, and they, they mm -hmm. have less personality, but anyone can play on their platform and they can grow and expand and, and and whatever. Whereas I think Airbnb has a lot more personality, you know, but not everyone, you know, not most people don't have an an iMac. Right, a Macintosh computer, right? Most people have a Windows computer, right? Most applications are developed for Windows. Most, you know, business is done on Windows. But 
the people who love their Macs really love their Macs and it has a lot more personality. And Apple is the most valuable, one of the most valuable companies in the world. So their margin plus their moat plus their personality is powerful, but they have nowhere near, you know, they don't have the huge dominant market share that the Windows or PCs do. That's just my thought. Right. And when it comes to PCs and Macs, you know, Airbnb is still emphasizing individual hosts. Mm -hmm. uh, they see that as a great area for growth, especially with the, um, you know, the, uh, what COVID has done to the economy. They think they're going to be able to recruit hosts because people are going to need to make money. And booking is emphasizing property managers, you know, the, the, uh, um, you know, the void of personality property managers. So uh, that is interesting about the whole scaling thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, hosts yeah. have personality. And, and it's kind of like Etsy versus Amazon, too, in a sense, right? Like plenty of people have built wonderful businesses on some of these more curated marketplaces and the model can work. But I don't think most of our shopping is really done on Etsy. Most of our shopping is done on Amazon, right? That's kind of right. I, I were to draw another analog there. Yep. Well, Seth, we have to wrap it up. But I mean, you know what happened to Windows uh, kind of got displaced. So uh, well, PC versus Mac, we'll have to see where it goes. Well, yeah, we'll see. Airbnb booking. Um, it's it's exciting that they're both posting posting pretty good margins and a lot of room, a lot of room for growth. A lot of I think a lot of upside for both. I hope I didn't come off too negative on Airbnb. It's it's really impressive that they've got profits, um, and uh, and it only seems to be growing. And they're doing it with a really efficient performance spend. So uh, you know, I, I think. Glenn Fogel, you, you you said right. Glenn Fogel says it's not it's not a game. There's enough room for for multiple winners right. in this market, and I, I do think that. Totally. So thanks. It was a lot All of right. fun. Pleasure, Dennis. Pleasure.